Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you insightful and encouraging information to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad to have you joining me here today. On today's episode, I'll be joined by Joe Elliott, who is the founder and executive director of the Catalyst Collective. He's also designed an incredible tool that can give us great discipleship and parenting insights into our kiddos, as well as help them better understand themselves. Today, we're going to be talking about seven effective ways to disciple Gen Z. And Joe will not only give us actionable ideas, but a lot of great information about this generation that will help us more effectively go for their hearts, even as we prepare them to make a big kingdom impact on our world. Before we dive in, though, I wanted to make sure that you know we are less than one month away from our first big event of the season, and we are super excited to be back in Round Rock, Texas this season on March 31st through April 2nd. We have an incredible lineup of speakers and resources lined up for that event, as well as an evening of real refreshment for moms, men's breakfast for dad and boys, and teen and children's programs for your kiddos. I sure do hope that you'll join us there. You can see the full schedule, get more details about the hotel and more on our website. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to get information about any of our upcoming live or virtual events. We can't wait to see you there. Once again, go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to get your ticket now. Now, though, won't you join me in welcoming Joe Elliott to the podcast? Welcome back, everybody. I am very excited to have Joe Elliott joining us today. Joe is the founder of the Catalyst Collective. He's come up with a phenomenal tool that I can't wait for him to tell you about that's, that really gives insight into what your purpose is or what your child's purpose is as we're talking today about parenting. And so, um, Joe, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Leslie. This is excited to to be a part of, of everything that uh, you guys got going on. Well, thank you. We we stand amazed at what God is doing, and we're really, really excited and praying that God just ignites the hearts of all the families who listen um, and just really spreads revival among his people through through these families. This is the family is the core. This is the way to get things going. So um we're we're excited about what God is doing too. Before we dive in, though, because I'm I'm really, really eager to let you start talking to us about discipling Gen Z, because I think that this is kind of a, it, there, there's such a disconnect, like we were talking about earlier, is between the generations, and it's it's so good to get insight into this, these kids that we're discipling right now. But before we dive into that, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and, you know, who you're parenting so that we kind of get your heart before we move into the meat of what we're going to talk about? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my background is I always tell people this. So I'm 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 old enough to have gotten laid off during the dot com bubble and uh, (laughs) young enough to uh, to wrestle with whether Nikes are a dress shoe or not. You know what I mean? So it's uh, somewhere in between. I'm a Gen Xer, um, started uh, my career in in IT sales, tech sales, business management, software. Uh, nine years into that journey, went into full-time ministry as a youth college pastor, then associate pastor, 
and then in the middle of that journey uh, realized that there was a, this gap in society um, and, and there was a better, more efficient way to disciple the next generation. So we started a nonprofit organization uh, called the Catalyst Collective and, um, and, and kind of eventually separated from, from, from the church, became our own uh, organization, and, uh, and for the last 10 years have been just at the front lines of equipping parents, educators, and people on how to really draw out the best in the next generation. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a parent of three teenagers myself, uh, you know, 14, 16, and 19. My wife and I have been married 22 years, uh, and it's, it's been a wild ride. But isn't, isn't parenting teenagers fun? I just, I have loved, I have absolutely loved the teenage years. And so it kind of, it always irks me. I always kind of smart and bristle at that. Oh, I'm so dreading the teenage years. No, it just gets more fun every stage of the way as you're building those relationships. Oh, I, I love it personally, but you know, everybody's wired differently. And this is why parents have to understand their unique design too. I, yeah. I, I, I welcomed this day. I, I love it. My wife, on the other hand, is constantly like, what, don't you wish they were little and cute? <laughs> what happened? No, I don't want to go back to those days. I like it. I yeah. like having conversations. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. It's so fun. Um, well, well, tell us a little bit about, you know, you and I were talking about um, just really reaching the hearts uh, and, and discipling this new generation and really even getting, breaking down barriers to communication, honestly, because yeah. you find between these generations and I, it just becomes more more prevalent, I think, more noticeable, maybe with the technology and all of the the things that are changing so quickly now. But but how as parents can we really effectively see into the hearts and reach those hearts of our kids? Right. Like any other problem we try to solve in our in business or in life, I think you have to look at you have to zoom out and you look at the the macro landscape. So when we talk about Gen Zers, we're talking about ages eight to 23, um, you're, you're talking about your first digitally digitally native generation ever. I mean, they grew up being babysat mm. by iPads, right? Um, so, so when we look at what's, what's happening here, these are, these are very mission-minded. It's a very mission-minded generation. Yes. Uh, that values unity, they value diversity, they're growing up in a post-Christian world, um, and their struggles include things like the rise in mental health issues, where one in three teenagers today have a diagnosable mental health mm. illness, anxiety, depression, suicide has skyrocketed. Uh, they're experiencing things like cyber bill bullying, um, you know, the, the rise of digital influencers, uh, you know, that are kind of like it, the way I put it is you imagine, you know, we grew up in 80s or 90s whenever you grew up um, and imagine the cool, popular kids at school the dysfunctional cool popular kids at school yeah. that were influencing everybody good or bad, right? Well, um, imagine that times a hundred on steroids and that's, right. that's the, that's the digital influencers that the teens are following. Right. Um, so there's a lot of different dynamics uh, and, and not, that doesn't even touch on the impact of, of social media, which I still feel like we don't fully grasp and recognize, but, um, but I've had, thousands of conversations with young people to decipher what it is that's killing them when it comes to social yeah. media. So, so there's things like that that we have to take into account 
before we even wrestle with God, how do you want me to lead my child? Right. 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 And I love the fact that you brought that up because it's, it is truly a struggle to understand, you know, even another demographic of people sometimes, let alone this huge, my, my kids experience and my experience growing up, though the values were the same, you know, the, that all the stuff that was kind of under our control, as far as pointing them to Jesus, it was all the same, but not the tools, not the, the way that the world was functioning. All of that was different. And it's so important for us to really, truly key in on that so that we can understand whether we're talking about another generation or like I noted before, it's that we found that as we're trying to reach other demographics and everything else too, you've got to understand the people that you're talking to so that you can place yourself there and really get into deeper, more meaningful conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent, you know, I, I, uh, you know, and not to, not to hone in on the social media side of it, but, but I know it's, I know it's a big thing, right? I have, mm-hmm. so I have a 14 year old that still doesn't have a phone yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a 16 year old that is, is still not allowed to be on Snapchat. And, you know, um, a 19 year old now is obviously fully autonomous. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, there's, there, here's a way again, I, I kind of try to explain it to our, our Gen X generation. You know, imagine growing up and when we did and we're kicked out of the house and we're going door to door and because we see all our friends' bikes in the yard, we know that they're at the house, our friend's house. We knock on the door, we can hear them inside playing, but nobody's answering the door. Like, it's like we can't get in. So we go to the next friend's house, we knock on the door. Again, we hear them inside, but we're not, we're not invited in. And so we keep doing that until until we return home and it's like i know where everybody's at but i'm not welcomed in and and that's that's beginning to touch on the dynamic that the younger generation is dealing with on social media it is the mm-hmm. ultimate fomo fear of missing out because as you scroll what your mind is telling you is look at that person's life oh i don't have right. that look at what they get to do i don't have that look at what they're doing how come i wasn't invited to that Oh, they're so cute. They're so talented. They're so fun. They're so this. And you're, and I'm none of this. It's like you're in, you're, you're on the outside looking in. And, uh, and and so if, if you're spending as much time as Gen Z is spending on social media with that, in that world, don't you think you're going to become more anxious? Don't you think you're going to struggle with depression? Don't you think you're going to struggle with self-worth and so many other things that lead to suicide. Of course you are. Of course you yeah. are. Right. And it's, it's a different world. It's a mess. Uh, you know, well, it in a is. Lot of ways. Yeah. And I was, David and I were just having a conversation with our 22 year old, um, was on Monday actually, uh, where he was just tom- commenting on how unbelievably overstimulated everybody mm-hmm. is. It's not right. only is there the fear of missing out and the emotional, you know, distress of just, I'm not enough and all of those things, but it's a constant barrage of media and information and images. And just, it's constant. We are so overstimulated that it's hard to even slow down enough to relax and calm your heart and be still and know that he is God. And all of those things that we, that are so important to us is just humans. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's why, you know, when I, we, uh, we, we came up with these seven effective ways to disciple the next generation. And these are things, 
I'm not, you know, I, I've lived out personally. Um, I've seen them firsthand. I've, I've taught them for years. And like, it's not the only things, but there are things that move the needle. And I think what, yeah. what you know, what you, a lot of people will find is that they're doing some of this um, naturally. Um, but I, I want to encourage everybody is, you know, that there, there are some effective ways to navigate our kids through this and, and have them come out healthier and stronger on the other side. So. Well, I would love for you to tell us, you know, a few of the, or all of those or, or whatever you can share. Cause I'm sure people are, are sitting there like I am like, okay, great. You have these, what are they? And how do I start implementing them into our family? Okay. I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to get through uh, all of these as much as we have time for, and I'll be sustained. Sure. But here, here's the first one. Number one, um, highly effective way to disciple this next generation is do something scary. Uh, hmm. A shared experience with your son or daughter that uh, is a little that involves a little bit of fear creates strong bonds. And here's what I mean by that: um, it, as as a parent, we've taken our kids to the slums in India, to Honduras. I mean, um, to Skid Row in L.A. We have uh, we have served homeless people at night downtown. Um, we have prayed in crazy places. You know, it is, it, it's, it's, re, it's people. Have, and again, almost I'll preface this. None of, none of these ideas are super popular, but I'm going <laughs> to tell you, there's nothing like, you know, praying outside of an abortion clinic and getting honked right. at, yelled at and spit at to, to really wrestle with the fact that do you really believe what you believe? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like these, I know these are, these are, can be somewhat radical, but this this helps shake us loose, shake our kids loose from um, kind of the the bubble that they sometimes mm-hmm. live in to say, no, no, this is the world. And, mm-hmm. and these are examples of how we're going to be salt and light. There's a lot of injustice and brokenness. Yeah. So I think of it as, again, my 80s analogy, you're going to learn to ride the bike without the helmets and the pads, right? You're just yep. going to learn. And if you fall, you're not going to die, but you might break some skin. You're going to, you might bleed. Right. And so, yep. so that, that has really, uh, really helped our kids understand, uh, the reality of the situation that, that the world finds itself in. Uh, second one is this creating rites of passage. Um, and again, I think, I think like quinceanera prom weddings, right. Our, our culture has, certain aspects of, of rites of passage. Uh, but when we look at it from a, a teen perspective, you know, there's, there's certain things that they go through that I just don't think we celebrate well. And that's like the shift from, from elementary to middle school, then middle school to high school, uh, getting their first job, you know, getting their driver's license, you know, some of those are kind of, we look at as saying, yeah, you're, you know, you're supposed to do those things, but we've tried to use those as an opportunity to celebrate, to bring people together, have a dinner, go out to eat, and then and then intentionally have everybody around the table say something that they appreciated about one of our kids, right? And hmm. and so it was those rites of passage when those things happened, it, uh, it it allowed us to get other people to speak into their life and create a memorable moment. Right. And those are those are bonding experiences. Awesome. Um, yeah. So a uh, number three, uh, um, sh- <laughs> this is harder. 
share space with them physically and digitally. Uh, and I would lean heavier on the digital. So yep. here's here's my honest opinion. Okay, we got three main apps that Gen Z use, not counting YouTube, which they are on on average two hours a day. And again, and many many of us are thinking, well, yeah, not my kid. I get it. I get it. I'm just talking about the generation as a whole. But let's look at Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. If I were to yep. list those in order of ones at which teens are getting into the most trouble in, Snapchat would be number one. TikTok would be number two, and then Instagram number three, Instagram being one of the safest of all of them to date. So, right. so the way we introduce our kids to social media is by allowing them to have Instagram uh, accounts that we are actually a part of. Um, and as long as we're able to be a part of the community and conversation, we're sharing space with them digitally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, and that's, been, um, that's been good because you know, I think the thing that we have to recognize is that in this world, as parents, w- whether it's our LinkedIn accounts or whatever it is that we have, Facebook, which I know the kids aren't on, right? Instagram, we are our own personal brands. And so yeah. the, w- the way we post and the way we interact with the world models to them how they should interact with the world. And so when you're, when you're sharing space digitally and your kids are seeing your posts and you're seeing them, it's, it's, that, it's that next level of kind of influence that says, hey, I don't want you to just do what I say. I want you to watch what I do. And, right. um, and, and so we've really been intentional about, about doing that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it also, like you were noting, not only are you able to model for them, um, but you're able to get an awful lot of insight as to what what they're seeing if you're not part of their community at all there's you know the stuff that camden my my son gets in his feed is completely different than the stuff that's curated for me and so i am able to get a much better idea of the the kind of information that he's getting which then in turn helps me understand the conversations that he's having both with other people and with myself it gives us common ground. It gives us great, you know, jumping off points. Um, and so, and it also encourages a level of accountability and openness that if they're completely, if we just throw them in the deep end of this stuff, that they lose out on all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, again, that's a harder shift is like, as a parent, you got to understand that the kids are looking at you through the lens of your brand on right. social media. You know, and 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 that is just another way they they're growing up and, and viewing the world. And so we have to we have to model our brand, our personal brands well as we model after Christ um, on, on the things that we, we do and say uh, through social media. So a, a fourth idea here, um, follow up and follow through is is what I used to tell youth pastors, educators and and today as parents. Um, that's an easy one for me to drop. So here's the reason why this is so important. Um, consistency and authenticity build trust. We have to do what we say we're going to do. Hmm. This, this generation is, is growing up with the highest amount of distrust for authority ever. Hmm. I mean, you look at it from, look at the world from their view from, for, for a moment. Um, you know, what do they see? They see authorities, politicians, police abusing their power, right? They see teachers in the news for sleeping with students, pastors in the news for indecent relationships. 
Like, you know, um, most most of this generation comes from a, a, a single parent home or, or a blended family. Like the institution of marriage doesn't mean anything. Over 90 percent of teens are no longer in church. So when you when you look at the macro picture here, anything that sets itself up as authority automatically triggers. Mm, I I don't know. Questions mm-hmm. like because what? When you grow up in a world where you don't you you can't trust authorities, what you can trust is what you personally experience. And and that's why honestly that's why digital influencers are so powerful. Even though they're not leading our kids in a in a in a ran, in a great way, um, they haven't done anything to hurt our kids. They've right. they've only done good stuff. They've only entertained. They've only and so their experience with these digital influencers um, are is is just positive. And and so so for our kids, one of the things that, again, <clears throat> we can do is make sure that we follow up and follow through with them. We say we're going to do something, we got to do it. And um, and if we drop the ball, we own it. And we say, I missed that. I, I said I was going to do it. And I didn't. And, I, and yep. I, I'm sorry. Um, but we want to be authority figures that they trust. All right. That's that's the big that's the big key there. So um, but part of that is just my wife and I holding us such each other accountable to right. you tell the kids you would do this. Um, so that kind of thing. Well, well, and sometimes yeah. it, it literally takes writing yourself notes, putting it in your calendar, whatever, because so many times if I, you know, will toss out something, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Whatever. It's, I, I may not even recognize that I say it because I'm doing six other things. I, you know, it's just kind mm-hmm. of a, a, you know, an interaction that I was just, halfway in and and it's so easy to do that but it is so detrimental so try to make yourself notes if you tell them and and sometimes i'll even now you got to remind remind me when i'm not doing this so i can write it down or whatever you know whatever it is um and and in that way i've learned by by dropping the ball and by having to go back and say i'm sorry but now when i tell them hey i need you to i may need you to remind me about this they understand it's it's not that it's not important to me it's i recognize that i may forget to do this because of the circumstances that they're telling me in and so i made it a little bit extra help and so we're working together on it in that way yeah yep that's that's it right there between you know, usually between a, a married couple, one of you is is the list maker anyway. So yeah, yeah. Well, and that would be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So number five, when I think about effective ways that we've found to disciple the next generation, um, is is giving them ownership, and and by that I mean tying what they desire to the concept of work and responsibility. Uh, and I think I honestly think again, this is one of those areas where where the homeschool community shines uh, above above all others. Um, you know, just some examples from our from our own parenting. You know, hey, you want clean clothes, you're gonna need to learn to do wash and right. and laundry and fold, right? Which I know for the the boys are like, yeah, I'll just wear dirty clothes nonstop. And like, no, at some point you're like, no, I'm not allowing you to wear dirty clothes. So you can either take these consequences and not go out with your friends or not have free time or yep. walk around the house naked, or you can do laundry, <laughs> um, you know, but, but it's, it's simple things like, Hey, you want to buy something cool. Let's explore jobs you can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, 
even if I'm going to go in on something with them, they just signed up for basketball and they need, they want a new basketball. Well, they're not owed that basketball. And so I, I can split the difference sometimes. I'll pay 30, you pay 30. Oh, you don't have $30. Hmm. What can we do to earn $30? You know, even if you don't, even if you don't have a full-time job yet, um, you know, I, I pay my kids an hourly rate to do, they have chores that they got to do. And then there's right. the, what they can do above and beyond that, right? To make money. Those are ways to do it. So, you know, but things like when something breaks, you don't come hand it to me, you know, and, and ask me to fix it, like Google it, like maybe yeah. we'll fix it together, but you Google the solution first. Um, you know, if you, if you want, you know, for our kids that are involved in sports and I got a kid that loves basketball, right? Like, okay, what's your goal in basketball? Do you want to, do you want to play half the game? You want to play the full game? Do you want to average 10 points a game? Like these are, it's like we're helping them create smart goals essentially right. to right. envision what exactly they want out of basketball. And, and then I can tie that into hours that they need to practice out outside mm -hmm. if they want to make that happen. So, um, so in all things, it's like, um, we're always looking for ways to give them ownership and, and tying what they want to the work that it takes to get there. Right. Hmm. Very good. Um, um, this this uh, number six is, is really one of my favorites. Uh, and, and we we started seeing this in youth ministry back in the day as, as we were all raised to kind of measure our progress in youth ministry by the number of students that attend or the number of baptisms that take place or whatever. And mm. turns out that that was a horrible metric. Uh, it was not that didn't indicate anything, really. And and so but we did find one thing that did move the needle. And that is what we deemed as, and you said this word, word Leslie, meaningful conversations. Yep. So we honed yep. in on that and said, if we as parents and, and youth leaders can measure the number of meaningful conversations that we're having with students, what we found is not only did they show up week after week, but over the long haul, and again, I've been in youth ministry for over two decades now, <laughs> that moved the needle the most. It's, it, and, and we're yes. talking about what is a meaningful conversation? Well, we're talking about quality, not quantity here. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much you're around a young person. It, it matters um, the, the quality of the conversation. So we measured it this way. It's simple. They could be anywhere from three to five minutes in length. So, so this could be, this could take place in a short car ride to go to the store real uh -huh. quick. Um, it's about something that's currently meaningful to them in their life. And it requires a follow-up, right? So mm -hmm. you're, so it could be um, that issue with that one student or friend that they were having. It could be something that they, you know, are, are trying to accomplish. It could be anything that's meaningful to them that in a later short conversation, I get to follow back up on and say, Hey, how did that thing go? Or what's the yeah. update there? Or what does that look like? Because all of what that communicates is I see you. I want to be in your world. I care about you. I remember you. And, and you know, your what happens in your life matters to me a lot. And, oh, uh, absolutely. and so, so, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and the thing that, that, that builds that we've seen, 
you know, now we've got three in college now. If you care and you see them and you understand and you want to know what's going on in their life as they're growing up. So every step of the way, even when they're little and the stuff that's really big to them seems so little to you, it's it's big to them. So you're engaging in those conversations at every phase of their life. You're going to find that as they're getting older and the conversations are bigger, the stakes are higher, the, the decisions that they are making are truly life altering. They come to you first because you've already built that level of trust. They know they can not only trust you to listen and understand, but you know their background. You know them inside and out. And so you're the perfect counselor for these these big life-altering decisions. And so it just builds on itself. And and it is the most rewarding, wonderful thing to be able to have those conversations now, um, knowing, looking back and realizing, you know, all those Lego conversations, all of those, you know, those basketball, like you were talking about basketball conversations, all of those rides to and from the gym or whatever it is, all of that is paying off now as, you know, they're, they're looking at future uh, spouses and majors in college and what they're going to do for the summer ministry and all of these things. Um, it's, it's really cool the way that God's plan of us building relationships with our children really grows as they do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, you know, and honestly, we, at one point we can, we probably look back and we can measure our greatest success with our kids by those three minute moments, you know, absolutely. Those, those little small that seemed in, not super significant at yep. the time, but it's, they were very intentional and those, we, we, we can't take those small moments for granted. They nope. really, really do matter. Um, uh, the last one I'll throw at you is this, um, and, and this is, uh, again, coming from the background that we've come from, for me personally, being in both business and ministry, seeing not so great leadership in the corporate world, seeing not so great leadership sometimes in, in, in the church world yep. and looking at the next generation, we we found that embracing a holistic approach to discipleship hmm. really engages students the best. And here's what I mean by holistic discipleship. It, it really means learning how to embrace the unique design of each kid in order to lead them personally, professionally, and spiritually, all three areas. And, um, and, and when, when we're able to do that, we're, we're really able to guide them through a whole gamut of things. And, uh, and the problem with, with youth ministry, and one of the reasons you know, that it, it really began to fade away in, in the US is because it was, was one-dimensional. We were only yeah. talking about spiritual discipleship. And, 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 and as this generation grew up with that becoming less and less and less of a desire, um, it, uh, it, it was like as churches, we were providing a product that nobody was asking for. Right. And so when we started to shift and say, okay, we're, we're still going to disciple spiritually, but we're going to start with discipling personally and professionally. Then we started to engage students at a whole new level all over again. And, um, and it's not that we negated the spiritual. No, no, no. It's all three combined. And I think the problem is we just don't have a, an effective way to, to do that. And, and that's why, you know, as our, with our organization, we created the Purpose Project as a, right, as a pathway right. for, for parents and educators to really understand how their, their son or daughter is, or, or student is uniquely wired and how exactly to guide them to success. And, and we were able to do, do that 
by equipping people, you know, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like learning, you know, we, we all go through the purpose project as adults. A lot of, we take a lot of adults through it and we look at it and the number one response is, I wish I would have had this when I was a kid. Yeah, we all do mm. because, because yeah. it's like a life hack. It shows you what's at your core in a matter of hours versus years and your most li- likely paths towards success, right? And what that entails. And, um, and we found it to, to be hyper accurate. Uh, and, and so students love it because they get self-awareness. They're, they're like, they feel empowered. They feel like, oh, no one's ever said these things to me before. Right. And, and as adults, we're like, I have the blueprint of how to lead each of my kids. So um, that that's become a pretty significant source for that's that's really exciting yeah even as you were talking i was these kind of discussions which which we're having now finding your purpose really understanding how you're hardwired how god created you uniquely and what doors that opens i don't remember having those conversations back when we were young i don't remember that being part of anyone's consciousness really you know there were some career path tests and stuff like that but but nothing that that followed that how did god uniquely create you because as you discover things about about how you're you're created about how what your purpose may be things start to make sense things that you may have fought against you now learn how to corral and how to actually put that into play for the kingdom and for your own life's work and whatever God would call you to do. And it just unlocks so much freedom instead of fighting things that God can use because he gave them to you. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And I don't want to confuse people. I'm not talking about a career assessment test. We've all taken those and those are fine. It's like, cool. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, there are seven core areas that set us apart from our, our life experiences, personality type, talents, values, motivators, uh, passions, spiritual gifts, and and what what we do is help people see the themes in all of that to draw out mm-hmm. the core strength, and then look at it in light of the things that you're passionate about. So when teens go through this, I'll give you an example. We have one teen go through this who was like so impacted by it that they started a a purpose project club at their school, and wow. started to started to take their peers through it because what it does is it triggers the aha moment of this. This isn't about what I can be someday. This is about who I am today and how I can make an impact right now with my peers and my community. And that's what it triggers. And and uh, it's it's powerful stuff. Well, that is awesome. Tell us, we are, we are running out of time. And I yep. personally am actually really intrigued. I, I am looking forward to kind of looking into the Purpose Project and, and kind of getting more information about how even our family could benefit from it. But tell us before we go, how can we find it? Um, you know, what, what all is involved? What does it entail for us as a family to, to engage with that and so on? So, uh, yeah, so you go to PurposePro.org. That's the website, purposepro.org. And you're going to see a couple of different ways to to engage with it. Uh, first and foremost, you you can experience it through uh, an online Zoom kind of workshop, where yeah. as, as an adult, as a parent, I can take you through it so you can understand your unique design as a parent and how to maximize your impact with, with your son or daughter. And then your son or daughter could experience the same thing um, where we're walking them through the same material. So those are our, our workshops that we do hmm. uh, digitally. Uh, but we also have a curriculum. So the curriculum uh, is, 
is 19 different sessions. It would fill up probably in a traditional school setting, half a semester. So think of okay. 19, you can go through it at any pace you want to, but like half a semester in a normal school setting. So it's, it's kind of an elective of sorts, but the curriculum does a brilliant job of walking the students through each piece of it. And then the second half of the curriculum is all about what they do with what they learned about themselves to actually put a plan in action. And, yeah. um, and, and students love it. This is not dry, boring stuff. It's really is hyper engaging. We have a biblical supplement that goes with it to where you can do devotionals with your son or daughter as you go through each session. Um, huh. but, uh, but that's, that's another way to do it. And then we're also, finally, we're, we're certifying adults on how to take students through the purpose project in a short time frame. And, and basically it's teaching, it's, it's teaching people how to disciple and, and, and mentor in a modernized way that is hmm. really engaging students. And so we do offer that sort of training and certification, but, you know, I, I, I want to say to, you know, everybody that, that listens and follows, we do have a coupon code that we wanted to share. Uh, if you, so if you go to purposepro.org and, and you're looking around at any of the services that you're interested in, use code TTD, TTD, and you'll get 25% off of, of any curriculum licenses or workshops for the remainder of, of 2022. So, That's um, awesome. you know, but more than that, you know, you can always just hit us up for a quick conversation. You want to talk about, you see something you're interested in, you want to talk about it first, schedule a, schedule a quick call with us and we'd love to talk to you. Well, that is awesome. I can't wait to go explore it a lot more. Uh, we'll, we're going to link all of these things that you mentioned in the show notes. I'll put the coupon code in there so that if they missed it as we're going through, you can get that in the show notes. Because um, I definitely want you guys out there to go check this out. I think that it will be a tool that would give you so much insight and, and really just more confidence in your interactions with your children. And there's a lot to be said for that little bit of extra confidence as you're approaching your kiddos. So Joe, yeah. thank you so much for hanging out with us today and, and all of these things that you shared. I took good notes and I'm sure everyone else did too as they were listening. Uh, thank you so much, Leslie. I appreciate it. Well, you are welcome. And to everybody else out there, thank you for hanging out with us today. I hope that this has been a challenge. I hope it's been encouraging. I hope that uh, actually it's been exciting that you see a path forward to deepen your relationship with your children and really equip them to, to go out and do great things with exactly how God has created them to be. So have a wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.